What did I tell you? Cleave yourself away from them bums you hang with, I said. Well, I'm in therapy now. That's a damn shame. You all listen to that pissmeyer, Arthur Bucco. He was the worst of the bunch. I told you that. How do you a restaurant? He's doing great. Bucco? Yeah. So what? The exception that proves the rule. That's right, that Artie Bucco, that piece of shit. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Sopranos sit-down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 63 episodes of The Sopranos. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is certainly one of them. Uh, <laughs> this is a very Sopranos episode. It's uh, number 63, or season 5, episode 11, The Test Dream. Who put this one together, Jim? This episode is written by David Chase, the series creator, uh, also co-written by uh, Matthew Weiner, the creator of Mad Men, uh, directed by longtime series director Alan Coulter. Uh, now, this has some of your favorite stuff, uh, Jacob. Uh, dream sequences, am I wrong? Yeah, I, I assume we must have gone into this when we talked about, I don't know, every episode of The Sopranos that has a dream sequence. I don't. It's not that I hate them. But I kind of hate them. Like, they're not my jam. Meanwhile, you, uh, I mean, I would say that you are overly enthusiastic about them. So I assume this is your favorite episode, you piece of shit. Uh, it's not my favorite, but yes, I am a fan. I believe we've probably mentioned it in the past. I'm a big fan of the Buffy episode, Restless, which is all dream sequences as well. Uh, yeah. I like that with this episode is that, you know, it's very similar to something like Funhouse, uh, which is, I believe, the season two finale. When um, Tony has the dreams uh, about Big Pussy and how he is an FBI informant, and how he's, his subconscious is telling him that. But with that, like it's broken up, like because Tony's sick, so he keeps kind of going in and out of dreams. This one, it's like a twenty-minute, like they they're like, "Fuck it, you're in it. You can't go anywhere. This is the Sopranos. You're watching this dream. You're watching this whole dream." There's no fucking subplot about Artie Bucco trying to get mold out of his basement or anything like that. It's all dream sequence all the time. And it's, uh, I mean, funny you should bring up Funhouse, because uh, I, I think that was a way more efficient way of doing this, where the revelation actually mattered, where it was like there his subconscious knows something, he's been picking up clues here. Here the thing is, oh, you should have killed, uh, you know, you should have killed your cousin. You should have killed Tony to prevent this from happening which he would have known just being awake. But this is him wrestling with that idea, I suppose, in his subconscious. It is, but it also is, and, and I, I'm kind of taking this from uh, Sopranos session, uh, uh, Alan Seppenwall's book on the Sopranos with interviews by David Chase, uh, Cut to Black brought to you by the Sopranos sessions. Uh, they do talk about how it's more than that, though. Whereas Funho Funhouse, those dreams are very specifically about Big Pussy and... These, this dream, yes, a lot of it is about Tony B, but it's also kind of Tony as a whole because it's like him dealing with stuff with Carmilla and, and, and how that relationship is and just kind of how he's a little bit more self-aware be, uh, because he's been going to therapy and he can kind of understand sometimes he's in a dream and almost try to pick up on what he's trying to tell himself. So I, I yeah. do agree with that take. I think it's a little bit, it's about more, uh, some would say it's about Tony Soprano as a whole. 
Yeah, you know how I like to learn about characters through their actions and the things they do in their lives, not while they're but fucking snoozing around. This uh, is but I mean <laughs> this is classic David Chase, and it's like I feel like I always knew this from just my original watch of The Sopranos, but doing this show and doing this rewatch and kind of breaking down episode by episode, and even like we've gone to direct quotes from David Chase. I realize the contempt he has for people that watch movies and TV, but he <laughs> but he writes movies and TV, so yeah. he gets to really fuck with you, and I think it's great. Like I guess I enjoy that he's like <laughs> negging me because it's so perfect. Because, because rather than he could you could do this episode and have the way the beginning plays out with Angelo getting clipped, and then you follow Tony B, and then have this big mafioso shootout that puts things in motion with the Soprano family in New York. But they basically have that. That's all happening. But they're like, no, we're in Tony's dream. All that's happening. <laughs> like we're hanging out in Tony's dream. You can just imagine what's happening, you know, because Tony's in New York as well. Uh, he's at the Plaza Hotel. So it's like you can just imagine what's happening like four blocks away from where Tony is. Shit's going down. But we're hanging out in the dream. Yeah, and I'm not surprised that David Chase wrote this one. I feel like there's scenes or there's episodes where it's like, oh, this one's got a lot of action in it. Oh, fuck it. Give it to some uh, assistant or whatever. They'll sort it out. Anyone can write action. I'm here for the dream sequences, bitch. I want to I wanna really fuck with y'all on how you think that this uh, sequence of events should play out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in theory and even in practice, I don't have, like, a huge grudge against it i'm playing it up a little bit yeah. but i'm also kind of like watching this and tony's looking at the tv and he's in the tv <laughs> and then carmilla's like oh that's not your life and it's a cowboy and then he's on a horse and i'm like this is fucking bullshit <laughs> uh and then yes david chase did talk about the title uh the test dream it refers to dreams you have where you turn up late for a test in school or you're wearing no clothing meaning you're unprepared mm. for a test or a test or another task you have to face as Tony is unprepared to murder his coach in his dream and unprepared for the dilemma caused by Tony B's action. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all there. That all checks out. What I do enjoy, though, as well, is that even before we're in the dream, like weird shit's happening and it's kind of shot in a weird way where it almost, well, maybe more so when he gets to the hotel, like that's kind of shot in a weird way where it's not a dream, but it feels like one. And just the fact that it opens with Valentino lighting up on fire. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I was going (laughs) to... I was going to text you. I was like, well, I just didn't know if you'd rewatch it yet. I was going to go like, like what? Two minutes in, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is going to be a crazy episode. And yes, it was not necessarily the way I thought. But yeah, that's such a that is something that would happen in the dream, you know, because but they love that sort of thing as well. Doing something that's, you know, just someone getting hit by a cab or whatever, like, but they don't die. They're just kind of bruised and, and or, or, or lighting themselves on fire because they're shouting between rooms, not paying attention. Yep. It's just such a weird way to do this, because if this if her set being set on fire was in any way significant to the plot, we would call bullshit on it. You know, yeah. if that was like part of the story, we'd go, ah, it's so convenient. She just happens to get lit on fire. But now it's like the only thing is how it affects Tony's like what he's up to those days and he was going to break up anyway and whatever. So it's just it's just a thing that is weird and it's still they managed to make it make sense, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Because we open uh, Tony and Valentina 
in 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 mid coitus. Uh, and then what Tony gets up and then she's like, are you hungry? And Tony even says like, one thing I like about this is like, cause Tony's not really hungry. He's like, no, you don't have to make me anything. Like, don't bother. But she decides to make something. And then as you mentioned, she's shouting to the other room and he's even like, didn't I say I don't like this shouting between rooms shit. So he gives her two warnings that, Hey, you're going to set yourself on fire. Stop. <laughs> Thing is, she's not a little bit on fire. I don't yeah. know what this robe is made out of, but she's immediately like an extra in game of Thrones running around <laughs> on fire. Like she's, it's not a little, it's because the whole of her is on fire really quick. And I don't know, I guess gas ovens are really dangerous. So I don't have one of those um so yeah but he just puts a blanket on her and and she's 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 gonna be fine she's gonna be just fine it's just second degree burns anyway yeah and i guess maybe it's because of her long hair as well i guess that can catch up pretty quick but yeah you're right she's completely like almost engulfed uh and i think to your point yes if like i think what helps us also is that valentina has like barely been on the show and she's kind of even commenting on that in like a meta sense yeah where she's like, yeah. you know, you're not with your wife and I barely see you anymore. She wants them to get like a beach house or something like that. Uh, and then, yeah. Oh, I I thought she wanted them to go on vacation, but yeah. Oh, that's and, what, um, no, you're right. Yeah, go to Sandals, the Jewel of Antiqua. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we've seen him like sleep with, well, not, we've seen him post, post-coitus with like a dermatology mm-hmm. nurse or whatever, right? Something yes. like that. Yeah. So, so we know, like, so I'm even like at the start, like, is that, Val- oh, it's Valentina. Yeah, we haven't seen her in forever. And then she's like, I haven't seen you in forever. <laughs> and then she's set on fire. And I'm like, Sopranos is weird. <laughs> um, uh, um, so yeah. we go to the casino, got to see Tony B and him pal around with his best friend. Like, they've established this already, but it becomes apparent why this is here, obviously. Sure. Um, cause, uh, the driver of the whole fucking episode. I forget that character's name, the one who who gets clipped at the I, start there. Yeah, I forgot too, but I yeah, it's Angelo. I, I pulled it yeah. up. Yeah, it's Angelo. Angelo. And yeah. then they they're making comments about how like Rusty and Carmine they're uh you know, they they they're not paying him, like they're not giving him the whole amount for the hit he did. It seems like it's been a while since he did the hit as well. Uh and then I they kind of have this thing where He's talking about it in front of I forget if that's supposed to be his son that's with him. And then I'm think thinking so. and then you kind of think like, "Oh, that's where this is going." Like, you know, word's going to get out. He's kind of just doing this somewhat in the open, paying Tony B for the hit on Peeps. Um and then you know, giving him the plaque that says because I'm the boss, that's why and you just like when you're watching the episode, you're like, "Oh, I know where this is going." Tony's gonna see that. He's gonna freak out. Here we go. Things are going somewhere, and it's like, no, it's going uh, way different than you expect. Yeah, I'd say. Um, yeah, no, that's very true. Yeah. It does not go the way you'd expect at all. Um, I I felt that as as far as like everyone just kind of knows that Tony did it. Um, like true. Tony B. So so it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, getting paid for it is one thing, but yeah, I think he says it's his son. A character i like my guess is never gonna see this character again he's just there to make the dynamics of the scene different that's my guess anyway because he says he's in like architectural salvage or or something or so i don't know it just rips copper wire from things or or maybe he's he's in the private sector as far as i read it so I, i don't really know and i don't know if i'm the boss that's why is a specific reference to one of their old like we like to do impressions from this and that show maybe one of those or it's just a really fun plaque yeah, I guess it's just a fun plaque, but I I just see this the whole thing of how like 
they've they've played it where Tony, yeah, well, Tony B, obviously, you know, he's seeing how Tony has all this stuff, but he never kind of externalizes that. Like, it's more that Tony Soprano feels bad for what happened with Tony B. And I just assume in Soprano's fashion that'll be an issue. But then it just seems like, oh, we'll never see that plaque again. Who cares? <laughs> We're moving on. Yes. It's just to show how they get along and like they're in this sort of back room of the casino. So he's running this nice successful casino, but then he goes into this other room and it's kind of like, you know, you're wearing a nice suit, but it's like we're in the boiler room or whatever. Yeah. Like it's there's shit all over the place here, but I'm going to put this in a place of prominence and puts it up on the wall, but they're all loving it. Just having a great time. Yeah. And then we have Tony uh, Soprano in the burn ward with Valentina. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she looks like shit because she was just on fire and she, mm-hmm. she's all drugged up on painkillers or something. She's like, you're going to operate on me. Uh, Tony's trying to explain like, no, it's me, Tony. And then she, she's mad. And then she asks if he's going to operate on him again. And yeah, it's not an opportune time for Tony to break it off. <laughs> Yeah, no, as he says later, how how's it going to look? But then, like, who even knows you're going out with this uh, woman? Yeah. Who would even care? But uh, how's it going to look to him, I guess? Yeah. Um. So Angelo is picking up a box of whatever at Home Depot or wherever. I don't know these places. Yeah, it's like some and, for a grandkid or something like that because it looked like it was like a baby thing or something. Mm-hmm. And we see an auspicious car uh, that we've seen before uh, drive by, and uh, you know they're just asking, "Hey, come, come have a word with uh, uh, whoever." Uh, with right? uh, Johnny Sack, yeah, the Johnny wants right. to talk. Yeah, of course. And all I'm thinking, in, I mean, I guess when you're when you're part of that life, you don't watch a lot of mob movies or something. Because all I'm thinking is like, wait, aren't these the guys you're kind of warring against right now? Uh, wouldn't you be a little afraid at what they're doing? But, you know, hey, it's like, hey, look what you did to my car. I'll go talk to him later. I mean, I guess there's a kind of a knowing moment before he turns around, but he still does turn his back to them, and they come up, start choking him, throw him in the trunk, uh, and it is kind of a callback to Phil Leotardo, Frank Vincent, the actor. He was also in a trunk in Goodfellas, uh, wrapped, wrapped up, and they... They end up shooting him and stabbing him, so it's kind of like a little callback to that. But he gets mm-hmm. to do the shooting in this scene. Yes, uh, I, I suppose um, it's supposed to be a war by proxy. It's supposed to be a cold war, although it has obviously been heating up. But it's like we got someone outside our crew to whack your guy. We're just beating. We're just not delivering bikes to Tony Soprano, Vespas. Mm. Like we're all we're all beating up security guards and like. Uh, I'm sure the guy who does Johnny Sack's uh, like uh, landscaping, he's probably gotten beaten up as well, just for good measure. So, so it's all like, well, we can't touch a made man or whatever, but uh, you know, we'll fuck up whatever. So there's some sense of like, yeah, I mean, we're kind of warring, but like, still, Angelo's the guy who's like, wait, you did what, little Carmine? Like, <laughs> wait, are we sure this is a great idea? And then, of course, he's the one who yeah. uh, who's gonna get caught. And I almost did believe him. I almost thought like, yeah, we're there. They're going to drive him off before they kill him, at least. But it's really just like, nah, nah, you're done. You're done. Yep. So this is the death of Angelo. So we need to go ahead and throw this up on the old counter, putting it up at, um, hold on, putting it up at, putting up at 49. Is is that correct? Are we on the same? That is, it's correct. We're at 49 deaths on the show and 16 walkouts (laughs) at the moment. Everyone keeping track. 
Uh, and I do yeah, like the. Um, well, I was just gonna say I do like the. Uh, Phil has to reference how he just had that car worked on, and he's like, "Oh, look at yeah. this! Look at this dent on the back." <laughs> just have fucking work done. Yeah. Um, so then we have a scene with Tony. Like after this dramatic event, Tony's just kind of wandering around his house, hating it. The paper has <laughs> been thrown out, uh, and there's enchiladas. And as he says to Tony, "This is the new one." Like he he just walks out and drives off to to see Tony B who obviously knows what happened like although at the time I didn't put two and two together I was like yeah of course Tony's gonna be gonna go mad when he finds out but I didn't think that like yeah he already knows that's why he's acting this way because I am a fool well no I didn't pick that up either because what I like about this scene is that it we've always seen Tony B kind of like I don't it, it's weird like I know he loves Tony Soprano but Tony Soprano clearly loves Tony B more than him and especially cuz yeah. Tony is in, uh Tony S is in his like therapy mode and Tony B never really responds well to that so he's it kind of yeah. I read it initially as like oh he's just like here we go like Tony cuz Tony's yeah. just complaining and he's always complaining and now he's complaining about the Guatemalan and she's always comes through with the enchiladas that, and he's also talking about how he wants to get with Charmaine, which is great. He just wants to <laughs> yes. steal uh, Artie's wife, and he thinks, well, maybe I could have that could be a girl I could be with. And I guess kind of the point is that he just wants Carmela back, right? Is that kind of the him subconsciously? Because it's like you, Carmela is Charmaine in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, I guess that could be it. I mean, he's also he's talking like you said, he's in therapy mode. He's even sitting down like he's. <laughs> with Melfi, and he says, like, uh, oh, the burning hair of Valentina. And then he's like, oh, you know, that's what the last thing Carmine said before he had his stroke, and he's just thinking about death and, and all of that. And Tony's uh, Tony Egg is so distracted, just rattling around the toys. So, yeah, that's how, exactly how I read it as well, that he's just kind of annoyed at having Tony there and yeah. that he's got his kids and, like, nothing's, you know, uh, nothing's coming up Tony Egg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and obviously... And it, I, Tony Soprano even has a line where he goes like, you know, why does this shit always happen to me? <laughs> like, and oh, what yeah. he's complaining about isn't he? I mean, it's I mean, it's horrific if you, like your guma or someone gets lit on fire in front of you. That's one thing, but just he's such a like baby. Uh, so I kind of understand, but I, I do like how this is shot too because it does feel frenetic, and they are kind of like focusing on how you know fidgety and anxious Tony B is. So it does seem like more of a reveal. Uh, I do want to call out. I did see in one of the Sopranos face groups like yesterday. Face groups. Facebook yeah. groups. I'm sorry. Facebook groups. Yeah. Uh, the twins, Tony B's twins are actually New York City cops now. I saw them in their uh, NYC gear like at their graduation or something. So good for them. Nice. Both of them? <laughs> yeah, That's like a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Twin cops. <laughs> they could pull all sorts of stunts with that. Uh, they could shoot all, all sorts of innocent people. Uh, even twice as many as your average cop. Um, yeah, well, so after Tony says his line of like, what does this always happen to me? Uh, like, the look that Tony Egg gives him is indicative of how, like, oh, you're the fucking big boss. And I think he's said and other characters in general, like, he should be, like, on top of the world because he is. And he yeah. should feel like it. But he's just always fucking miserable, always, like, beating up the bartender mm -hmm. and all this shit. And then Tony just has to deal with it while also dealing with his kids. Yeah, and I maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think the fact that, like, Tony B won't just get Tony a Coke is like a weird, you know, not 
I'm not like your servant type thing because it's like first he has his mother to get in, then he has to yell for the twins to come. It's like just get up and get a fucking coke for Tony Soprano, right? Yeah. Nah, he's done with that now. He's yeah. one of the big shots now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have uh, him then checking into the plaza, which, like you said, it gets. The whole thing is very um, lost in translation. Bill yeah. Murray sort of wandering around, like looking at things. He's just drives up and and there's are you part of this wedding party like no and goes in and there's like wedding pictures being taken and just sort of methodical stuff of him like giving over his credit card so he can swipe it for any extra charges and blah blah and uh yeah it's, it's a weird sort of move into a different world for him and i guess i mean they could have made his mother's house look even more shitty, but it is still a very obvious contrast uh, that he's just gone kind of like, wait a minute, I am the big boss. I should be on top of the world. Actually, I know where that is. It's the Plaza Hotel, the biggest room you got, please. Yeah. And that's what he does. And then even the fact that Melfi walks by, uh, it kind of adds to, I get it's like the whole surrealist like take as far as these are going, even though this is real life, because it's like... I mean, I know he's run into her out of therapy before, but it's just kind of a weird thing. And plus, he's using like a fake credit card, like a fake name, Mr. Petragula. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then even the shot, like when he goes into the room and it kind of he opens like opens the curtain on the window and then we see Central Park. Uh, it's a lot of good stuff. I like just kind of the vibe it's setting and kind of the mood that it's putting you in as it's kind of lulling you to to sleep for your dreams in a way. <laughs> yes. And I mean, Tony is like, he's, he said, oh, I'm so annoyed by everything around me. I got to like, get like, I got to get out of here. I'm just going to the hotel. But then when he's here, he doesn't have anything to do. He's just kind of, it's stripped away all the stuff around him that he constantly has to react to and he there's things that always rile him up and and cause him to get mad or or just in general stuff he has to deal with and here it's like i've so detached myself from where i usually am that i'm like wait who am i like you're losing yourself you're in like an immersion pod of like uh like you, you there's or sensory deprivation pod, I, I mean, of, like, there's nothing around you causing you input, so he's just kind of wandering around like the big weird bear he is mm. outside yeah. their house, you know, and laying on the bed, having a shower, flipping between channels as he's wont to do, just, <laughs> like, last last time when you just uh, saw something about, you know, shipping containers and Al-Qaeda, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, oh, this is a big deal, and now he just seems, sees a, uh, an ad for some escorts, <laughs> like, oh, you know what, I'm going to do that too, <laughs> like, he just takes whatever input is there, because he's just, like, a blank slate in these moments. Yeah, and actually, like, really lonely, too. Like it's, yeah. it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's very lonely and it's, and it's pathetic that he calls Charmaine like he, he call, and, and she, they hint that like, this is not the first time oh, like, yeah. whoever this is like, you better stop. So like Tony just, <laughs> he sits there, gets an idea, calls Charmaine up on the phone. What is he going to do? What is he going to say? What is his plan? I mean, I, I do think it's like an interesting view at these quiet lonely moments with tony soprano i mean he's smiling when she's just saying hello so that was the point he's not gonna <laughs> yeah. have a conversation he just wants to hear her voice yeah because i like you said this is not really for her because he even says to tony eggs that like 
she's this and that. She's the kind of woman, like, I could spend my life with or whatever. Like, a good woman. And, like, so he's projecting all that. Like you said, probably just wants Carmilla, but even more so, doesn't want this weird lonely existence that he has where he gets room service and sits and get drunk, gets drunk, like, eating in his robe. Uh, this very expensive meal and everything. But, Steals um, a paper. <laughs> yeah. And we even get some crossfades in there, I think, in the edits of, like, to even make it more sort of... Like, yeah, just weird and, and, and dreamlike sort of thing. Uh, he goes out to rob a newspaper. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Who is it and- that calls and tells him that uh, the hit's been done? Silvio? Oh, um, yeah, I believe it's Silvio. Yeah, Silvio leaves. That's right. Yeah, because he gets a message or something, right? Um, I'm trying to think what happened. Oh, yeah, because first he gets. Yeah, first he gets a message and then he tries to call Tony B. And yeah, I believe it's Silvio that calls and he tries to call Tony B and we kind of get a glimpse into the alternate episode where we're with Tony B and all this action happens as he's on the, you know, on the road ready to do a ready to do a hit. But we're back with Tony and then he calls what the casino and then he calls like Tony B's mother. Uh, and of course, then he talks to Polly, I believe. And yeah, he can't get a hold of him. He, and he knows shit's about to go down. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even now it took me a sec. I was like, yeah, of course he's upset. But I I was even like, wait, was that Silvio or did Tony call and tell him Angelo got it and then hung up and then didn't answer when he called? But it was a message and I didn't follow this at all, apparently. Um, But yes, uh, so obviously Tony is going to go do something, which is why that part of the dream at least feels like... You know, he he already knows what's happening. I guess we're in that state of anxiety of him knowing this stuff is going on. Uh, that's part of the dream. But it's yeah. it's a good thing that, like you said, and like David Chase said, there's more to the dream than just that, or it would have yeah. been uh, kind of pointless. Well, and what's kind of great, too, is that when Tony gets the news, he is kind of in, like, action mode. Like, I know he's just making calls, but he is actively trying to trying to, like, figure out what's going on. And... I guess Polly Polly makes a comment like, "Oh, well no, he's not that stupid. He's not going to go do something about. I know he Angelo's like a father to him, but he's not that stupid." So that kind of calms him down and then he sees his escort's ass and then it's kind of like, "Ah, don't worry about it." Like, but it feels like maybe if he didn't hire an escort, maybe he would just be like, "You know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to maybe make some stops, see if I can find Tony B, kind of make <laughs> kind of put a stop to this." But no, it's like, "Ah, don't worry about it. Uh there's an escort here. So, I'll just hang out." <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure exactly what he would have done. Uh, he could have like said, "You know, tell everyone to find him immediately, like yeah. go out and look for him. He's probably in New York or even if he was extreme, he could have called Johnny Sack like you know what, I think maybe you were right about Tony. He might make a move or whatever. Like, that would have obviously not gone great either. Mm. But um, he just decides to do nothing and hope for the best and go to sleep. So he gets to have a nice nap for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I assume he bangs this Asian girl and then he goes to sleep. Right? Yep. <laughs> um, and he has a dream there. It's like he, he's, like, when we transition into the dream, he's there with uh, Carmine, right? Real Carmine? Yep. Yeah, Carmine's yeah. in bed with him. He gets all freaked out. Uh, and what, Carmine, yeah, he's so lonely. Uh, I miss my violet. And then Tony says, what violin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love Sopranos is one of the best shows at people mishearing or misspeaking on things. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes it's thrown in and it's not even like you won't even pick up on it. But I, I like that. And then... 
little the little thing when the the phone rings uh and they think it's the man upstairs god it is david chase the one is on the phone that says yeah. uh our friends gotta go or whatever so i mean david chase is the god of sopranos so that's a nice little uh reference there yeah and we transition into therapy and i'm like it's clearly not in therapy. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is clearly still because I, I mean, sometimes when whenever he gets deep into his emotional state in therapy, it will be shot differently. Like it will sh- be shot in a sort of weirdly dreamlike way because we're going into his brain. But yeah, this is already like this is already on that level here, and and also he would have followed up on the whole you know Tony Egg thing. So I know he's not, he's he's asleep. Um, we see his ex flame, the one who died, Gloria. Her name as well, Gloria. Yep. Yeah, it's Gl- Gloria is the therapist, and they just start having some fun banter there about the good old day. And then you choke the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> he even does a spit take, drink some water because it's like referencing old sitcoms, I guess. Yeah, they're doing the Jackie Gleason one of these days, Alice, uh, boom or pow, right to the moon or whatever, right in the kisser. Uh, and that is, I mean, that kind of ties in with Tony B because Tony B was doing Gleason, the uh, boy, are you fat? Uh, that yeah. was like a Gleason impression. Uh, her voice does change to Melfi uh, a couple times here when she's talking. Uh, mm-hmm. When she, I believe, when she says "chokes the shit out of me," it changes to Melfi's voice. They do. Yeah. They have the ref. They have a call back to the recent episode of like you know, it's like taking a shit. Sometimes in here is like taking a shit. Uh, then they bring up childbirth, and then we kind of get into how, oh, yeah, Gloria was too young, uh, died too young, so she doesn't even have kids. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I do I do like how Gloria does haunt Tony. Where I, I mean, I guess as we see through these dreams, I mean, there are so many dead people in his life that haunt him, yeah. <laughs> and he's surrounded yeah. by death. Absolutely. Yeah, and so to wrap up that scene, it ends with her asking if he's ready for what he's got to do, which is like the theme in the dream in general. And I think, it, I mean, uh, obviously I, I've joked and complained a bit, but like that is what happens in dreams. It, yeah. uh, they've captured that in a good way where it's like, I know I need to do something. I need to go here and do this thing. But then all these things happen on the way and you're like, fuck, but I have to do this thing. And or he's trying to kind of ignore it even, but uh everyone's just reminding him of this thing. And she points to a TV, he sees himself in the TV in a car, and he's we then go to the car with his dad and like all these dead characters and Artie. Yeah. Um and this we've seen this before, right? I mean this was yes. a previous stream. Yes, yep. he was in this he was in the, his dad's Cadillac in a dream in season four. Um mm. I'm trying to remember like the specifics around the dream here. Uh yeah, Tony has a dream in which he rides in the back of his father's old Cadillac driven by Carmilla with Ralphie riding shotgun. Uh, and then yeah. he sees Gloria sitting next to him, but then changes to Svetlana. Uh, and Dr. Melty suggests that it signifies that Carmela's in control and Tony wants to square the changes in the lives of the others in the car with her. Uh, Melfi asks if Ralphie changed recently. Uh, and then Tony says they're only business associates. So, oh, yeah, this is like post-Ralphie's death uh, when right. he was in this car. Um, but, yeah, then we have well, in the car now what his dad's driving. Uh, Johnny Boy, yeah. we have uh, Pussy in Shotgun. And then we see Mikey in the back seat who turns into Artie for a moment. I do like the Artie theme of this episode. Like, he keeps yeah. popping up. And I, I, I guess I kind of read it as, like, not so much that, like, something bad's going to happen to Artie, but, like, 
going back to the Charmaine thing, I feel like Artie represents if Tony didn't live in the mafia lifestyle and maybe had a straight life. Like we learn in this episode that Tony maybe wanted to be a coach, like a, a sports coach. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and there's no one more in Tony's life that represents kind of the square normal guy than Artie. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of that. That's my read on it anyways. That's a great point. My only thought was very simple that, you know, he's he's fantasizing about his wife. Um, yeah. So and he doesn't think about Artie when he's awake, but Artie's going to pop up in his dream because it's like, hey, remember me? But then mm-hmm. Artie's behavior is going to change like based because it's a dream and, and whatever. But yeah, it's all I, expressed through that. I think that, yeah, that's definitely there as well, too. Yeah. So they drive up to, they're saying, we're going to drive you to the job. And they drive up to uh, the house, like the Soprano house. And um, there's Carmela saying, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, time for us to meet Finn's parents. Because they said they were engaged. Like, that was a thing. Mm. Um, so that makes sense that it's on his mind as well. It's a lot of back and forth with Carmilla here. She, he's dressed in a tracksuit again, um, he, you know, clothes, shift, whatever. It's a dream. Um, now he's talking about how he had the worst fucking dream. And then he's, this is like the bit where he's like, there's a cowboy film. And then, you know, tone, this is all very um, meta as well, where he's like, yeah. what? Give me a minute. And she's like, can you pull yourself away for once? Your head is filled with this stuff. And he's like, it's just that it's, you know, it's better than real life, much more interesting. And then she's like, but it is your life. And then it's his life on TV. And it's like, yeah, okay, David Chase. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. You hate me. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> well, what, and what I like about like the costume change kind of when he's in the house is it's very reminiscent of when Tony, when they were together and Tony lived in the house because he always would, I mean, he's not in his robe, but his hair's all sticking up and he's unkempt and it's, it's, you know, it's, back when Tony was, you know, at the Sopranos house and they had uh, like their status quo or whatever. Uh, And Tony does want that. Um, And then I do. The one thing I just like about the TV stuff is because I feel like that's just everyone, though. I mean, we do a podcast discussing TV shows like there is this element of like, yeah, TV is so much more interesting than life. But we're we do try to discuss it in terms of like how we read it with real life. So, you know, yeah, it's meta and it's kind of on the nose and it's dreamy like, but Hey, um, I'm here for it. I was making bets with myself watching it because there are so many clips that you could pull for the intro uh, for our podcast that I and I thought that might have been a good one where he's like, can you pull yourself away for once? Ah, you know, it's so much more interesting. And then we start and you go like, yes, it is so much more interesting. Uh, I should have. I kind of I kind of flaked on this one. And I was like, ah, I got to pull something real quick right before we start the show. (laughs) Well, and also with the TV, like there's a lot of stuff in this episode that I do actually like. But, like, it gets to be a bit much when it's like, okay, he sees a cowboy thing, and then it's like, okay, it's relating to the cowboy thing, there's going to be a horse later, all well and good. And then, you know, talking to Carmela, then back to the TV, and then it's like, it's uh, it's a Christmas uh, tale, a story. I mean, it's uh, it's Scrooge up on yeah. there saying, like, what day is it? It's Christmas Day. <laughs> Tell me what the importance of that is, Jim, please. Yeah, no, because if right. it's only like, oh, I'm like a Scrooge or whatever, like, I cannot read anything into that besides I'm like a Scrooge or whatever. No, you're right. Yeah. I, 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 someone mentioned, like, when she says, this is your life, it shows, like, isn't there, is there a show or a movie like this is your life? No. But, because I thought someone said it like did that or what a wonderful life, but it doesn't show that. It shows Scrooge, 
And I don't read, yeah. I don't see the connection either of Tony to Scrooge. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess you can maybe be like, yeah, Tony is selfish with his money and, uh, you know, pushes people away because of it. But I, that's pretty flimsy. So yeah, uh, I'm I think with you it on that. is not thinking about it. It's probably like spirits coming to visit him in the night yeah, and that's changing good. his brain. Yeah, that's actually that's better. That's- yeah, but it's like I had to do a lot of thinking there. And it's kind of like it's just one th- like if they wanted to do that, like focus on that, do that as a thing. But it's just kind of cowboy, then this, then we're in the TV, but we're outside the TV and this is still going on this scene. Yeah, yeah. Then we go to the Vesuvio and Charmaine's uh, uh, got her breasts on display because Tony, we know Tony's been thinking about her and how she's kind of the, the new object of affection. Uh, when he's walking through here and he looks at the tv uh i believe this is where he's he is seeing gary cooper so that's a good connection with tony because as we know tony wants to go back to the days of gary cooper the strong silent type uh yeah and i think it's the movie high noon or something i haven't seen it but it is a weird like it's a long we're like in tony's view as he's walking and seeing the tv and he doesn't turn away until basically the wall blocks the television yeah, he uh, also is losing teeth throughout all of this, yes. which is, I wouldn't say a cliche thing, but it's like one of the known things of like, if you're losing teeth in a dream, that's supposed to mean something. As far as I know, it's just general sort of powerlessness. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, you know, some people might say it's more specific than that, but in general, like you're lo- you're falling apart, you're losing your teeth. And uh, incidentally, this I can relate to this as I am actually losing a tooth as we speak, <laughs> slowly. So that's also been stressing me out and affecting my dreams. Like I have dreams where teeth fall out, but it's because a tooth is actually falling out. <laughs> don't worry, everyone. It's going to be very expensive to fix it. Please uh, donate to our Patreon yeah. that we don't have or just PayPal me some money. Uh, <laughs> Jacob, uh, you, you, you can find me. Just tweet me and I'll, I'll give you yeah. my uh, account details. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a side thing. Yeah, uh, his teeth are falling out, and like you said, it shows stuff about his relationship with Carmilla, especially here. Well, in the kitchen, of course, but also in the restaurant where they're meeting uh, Finn's <laughs> supposed parents. And he, she's like, "Show them what you have in your pocket." And he takes out a tooth, and they're uh, it's like, "Oh!" And then there's a song being sung. A lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, and we have the return of uh, Detective Home Alone here. Oh um, yeah, that's who it is. Yes, yeah, he plays Finn's father. And then they just kind of went with it. Annette Benning is herself, uh, which, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to mean anything. I feel like that's just something you could relate to in a dream of like, oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, and then, I don't know, like they, he's patting her on the shoulder like, hey, wait, aren't you Annette Benning? She's like, yeah. And then he keeps bothering her. They have a bunch of Godfather references. I mean, the one I mainly picked up was when he looks for the gun uh, in the bathroom mm-hmm. stall. But I guess the line about uh, I don't want my husband coming out with just his cock in his hand, I guess is a line from The Godfather. I haven't seen it that recently, so I didn't pick that up uh, initially. Yeah, uh, for sure. And then there's also like they're saying that, oh, we never thought that Finn would amount to anything. And then it's AJ sitting there instead of Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense. We start talking about tooth fairy money, etc. Yeah, they've got to do this hit anyway, so... Uh, he, he anyway, he, he also says, like, something bad's about to happen. Um, that's the feeling he has in this whole sort of, his whole dream, I think. Yeah. And then Artie's, like, in a weird window in the door, like, pointing. That's super creepy. Like, it's, yeah. it is, they do a good job of building, like, the, the ominous kind of feel of what's going on. But, yeah, he sings, like, a whole song there, Three Times a Lady. 
and that's and then yeah she's kind of unimpressed the in the end like <laughs> she's like she doesn't care yeah. um yeah they i i guess what the uh when they pull the book up i guess the book because i forget if it's in the bathroom here or if he pulls it up later because these are a few bathroom. things i just read on, i mean these are on wikipedia but still we should call it out uh the sh- there is a shot, I guess, from a deleted scene when AJ's at the dinner table, Meadows swapped out with Tracy, the um, stripper that Ralphie killed. But I guess they didn't use that for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and then the book is it's like uh, it's a book about the first the first guy to turn state's witness and basically kind of prove that the mafia exists. Uh, oh, yeah. The Valachi yeah. papers. Uh, that's a book based on the testimony of Joe Valachi, the first member of the mafia to turn state's witness, confirm the existence of the American mafia. Uh, and then they show it again when he states he did his homework. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So obviously like I'm at the point watching this episode where they pull out the book and he's like, Oh, the book. And I'm like, yeah, the book. Like, I know there's something <laughs> yeah. on Wikipedia. I'm going to sure. read it later, but yeah. it's not like it means anything to me at the moment. So well, I'm this kind of like, okay. What I was thinking during this episode, too, is this is a like, it's kind of ahead of its time. Not to say that there weren't, like, of course, at the time when this aired, there were still internet discussion boards, and I'm sure people discussing this. But in this day and age, this would be perfect for now with. with Twitter and Reddit and everyone would have immediately they would have the stills and then the comparison and then the BuzzFeed article about what this was and then the, the clickbait headlines all the references you missed in uh, the test stream so you know hey they're they're really there this is this is what you can blame modern TV for <laughs> Jacob yeah but then I feel like David Chase would react to that and yeah. he would just stop doing all of that. He'd be like, you're all fucking idiots. Yeah. Or he would just put in all the red herrings. Like, what did, and I was like, what did this mean in this episode? It's like, no, it didn't mean anything. Fuck you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so anyway, we get to part of the point of the dream. Uh, they hear gunshots in the bathroom. That transitions us to Tony Egg killing. Yeah, man, he's dead. It's done. Tony says, I knew this was going to happen. The mob is there. Like, not, you know, it's an actual Frankenstein-type mob. And uh, they're asking, like, oh, why didn't you stop it, etc. There's a lot of comedic stuff here where um, Phil, it's Phil Leotardo, right? Yeah, That's Phil, yeah. Yeah, what do I yeah. got to count to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's on the floor, and uh, yeah, and and Tony's egg's gun becomes a finger gun. He shoots him, and uh, yeah. Anyway, so they they got some stuff in there. Eventually, he just kind of has to run away from this mob again. Frankenstein uh, type scene. Right? Yeah, then it becomes basically like a literal like Frankenstein mob. Yeah, they got like dogs and like lanterns almost. I guess it's Lee Harvey Oswald that's trying to shoot. <laughs> Tony from the window. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't pick up on. I that. didn't pick up on that either. I mean, that's what Wiki says. I don't know how true that is. I guess it kind of checks out. Uh, just a quick yeah. Kennedy reference for you. Uh, then sure, Tony. Tony's back in a car. Uh, this time he's in. Sh- he's in the shotgun seat, and we have Ralphie and um, I think it was Gino, the guy who died on the toilet, and Artie's in the driver's seat this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Artie's there. He even is at the end of the previous scene where he's like, come on, come over here. And oh, he, yeah. like, pulls him away, and then then they're in the car. I, and then they, we cut to him fucking Charmaine. I'm yeah. fucking bored going through this, Jim. I'll be honest. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, the Sopranos. Yeah. 
Well, and then he's on his high horse. He's on his high horse in the house, and he he needs to yeah. get off his high horse and make things right with Carmilla. I, this well, part yeah. I liked, even if if it was like I would have liked to have just this clip and like put that on Twitter or whatever. Like The Sopranos, the greatest uh, yeah. show ever, and it's just him on a horse <laughs> in the room, like the smell and shit all over the place. And he's like, "I'll clean up after her." Oh, you always say that, and he just leaves the room slowly on the horse. But yeah, you're right. He's on his high horse. Makes well, sense. He's on his high horse. Plus, he's got his whores. You know, horse. I mean. They always are doing yeah. horse and whores on this show. That going back to Ralphie and the prostitute, well, well uh, stripper, I should say. Not she wasn't a prostitute. Uh, that might as well have been. Uh, but yeah, no, I do agree. Kind of at this point, I, I'm a little. I'm getting a little weary. Like when it's when they're in the street, he's being chased by the mob. He's fucking Charmaine. Even the horse part, I'm getting a little weary of the dream sequence because it's plus it's been going on for a while. But when it gets to the school and the coach, I like yeah. all that stuff. I think that's great I agree. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff because um, that's where it's not really at all about Tony Egg and it's only about Tony Soprano, yeah. um, which is nice because this is built up like it's the fucking biggest thing. Now, we haven't seen this coach before, right? I mean, this is new, isn't it? Yeah, no, we haven't seen this coach before. Yeah, this is new. Yeah. But, I mean, it obviously it ties into Tony – either being not never having the makings of a varsity athlete or just him talking about sports with AJ and his time being an athlete. Like it, it, it all, it's all washes out. I was sure that he would say that line. Um, yeah. And the, the, when he calls Carmela later, when he's awakened and says that he had one of those like coach, whatever dreams, that was really good too. Cause yes. it's like, this is clearly something that's been with him for a long time and like you said it's like him reflecting on if i if i was with charmaine if i was a coach if i had a regular life what would life be like then um but of course he approaches as if like he's gonna he's gotta whack this guy and at first i'm like oh it's gonna be some big mob person but no it's his coach (laughs) and that um makes it feel a lot like you know the the name of the episode makes sense with the test dream of uh you know uh arriving at school unprepared or you know your coach uh, saying you did a bad job or you never amounted to nothing, which is basically the content of the scene. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I mean, everyone in this episode's good, and I mean, I, I guess at this point it's season five, so they do trust the writers and directors and stuff. But it is kind of like, like Gandolfini, especially. Uh, you you got to be worried sometimes when you're reading and then trying to act this stuff out. Like, is this gonna look stupid? Is this gonna be? Is this gonna play properly? But like yeah. the way, because Gandolfini's like he's scared, kind of. He's got his gun. He's confronting, yeah, his his high school uh, varsity coach. Uh, but yeah. like it, it plays great. And then the fact that when he's trying to kind of like boast about himself to his coach, like yeah, I'm successful. Uh, it, it tie. I mean, I guess it, it almost ties in a little bit to what I was talking about last week with uh, Chris and when he's in the car crying because. You know, you have that little that little kid still inside you. You know, we all have yeah. that that person inside us when someone from when we were in our like developmental years really affected us and kind of haunts us in a way. And especially Tony, yeah. we've already talked about he's haunted by actual dead people. I mean, maybe this guy's dead, but it doesn't matter. He's just haunted by, you know, the the what could have been and and not so much that I feel like this guy was a negative in Tony's life. I mean, I think it's the opposite and maybe that's why it like affects him more. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you're right. And and they they talk about like uh he said he he tries to brag, he tries to establish who he is like I'm actually fine. I'm doing great. Even though this is his dream, it's his own psyche telling him these things from out of the mouth of his old coach. Yeah. Like reflecting on how as we said as Tony B and people beneath him in the hierarchy would say like he's on top of the world. Why is he not happy? But that's why the show works so well because it's always touched on like the American dream and you're going to like when you have it all, oh you're going to be even more miserable. Congrats. Uh it just happens to be a mob boss going through those feelings <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and then i mean whether it be like his bullets turn to like mush or whatever but you know i've had those dreams where you either maybe you're trying to scream or speak and you can't speak or things don't work the way they're supposed to uh because again it's just your anxiety uh or your stress just kind of coming through uh in your subconscious here but yeah i loved all this stuff because it's I get sometimes, and especially when you're pushing it so far like this, having this long dream sequence, you open yourself up where it's uh, you're going to have silly things that don't work. But Sopranos, when they do make the dream stuff work, it really works. Because I I still come back to, uh, it was fairly recent, I forget if it was this season or last season, when Tony goes up to that house and then like the shadow Olivia's in there and he like at the screen door. Like so, when they hit some of the stuff, it really works. Uh, and then this kind of has shades of that because it does feel like almost like a horror movie in a weird way. Like initially when he's yeah. walking through, like the way it's lit and the way he's walking through the hall uh, and kind of the build. Uh, so I, I think it, it at the very least when it builds to this and then even on top of that, uh, the, the call with Carmilla, I think is, is like such a great moment. Like it's a simple thing. But it's a nice reminder of like the bond they have, even though things are the way they are with between them. Uh, it's like a nice, sweet moment, and especially the fact that he this is a regular dream he has that she knows, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're unprepared as usual." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but what does the Toblerone mean? That's the real question, Jim. He's gonna he wakes up and he tries to have some Toblerone, and then. Christopher gets it, and I think it means Christopher's going to kill him next season, Jim. I don't know. Everything's got so much meaning. Um, No, I mean, (laughs) I do agree with uh, what you're saying. It's it's a good point, especially with Carmilla later. That's a great scene, and we we couldn't have that without all of this. And in general, yeah, the coaching, all good stuff. And then we get to him waking up. I think the bullets turn to shit, by the way. It looks like shit to me. uh, I don't know if it is. Or it turns to Toblerone. Is Toblerone chocolate? I don't even know what it is. It is. Do you not know? (laughs) Yes, it's it's chocolate. But anyway, don't you have Toblerone in every airport? Is that just in Europe? Like, everyone's like, buy a huge fucking Toblerone, tax-free or whatever. I mean, now that I look at it, it looks familiar. I don't know if I've ever had it before. Ah, well, it's all right. It's chocolate. Like, uh, we're not sponsored by Toblerone, so I don't give a shit. But, uh, I mean, even even Tony doesn't eat it. Um, But anyway, he wakes up. Ever since Chris gave up the drugs, he's got a sweet tooth, so. Oh, we know that. We know that. So, I mean, just... Tony waking up, going to the mini bar, getting the the water and the way he drinks it, the way he breaks the Toblerone, all that mm. it's such Tony stuff. Yeah. You know how I think they say, I don't know who said it or in what context or whatever, but like acting, if you can walk, 
you know, if you can walk as a character, like, that's almost the hardest thing. Because if you walk like no, like you don't think anyone's watching, but then on top of that, there's a character in it, and it's not, like, overstated. You just are this person, and you're like, he's got so much going on in his head right then, and it all adds up. And, like, that is not easy. It's yeah. it's probably a lot easier when it's like, you murdered my sister, I'm gonna kill you, oh, I hate you. Like, lots of big expression. But him walking and drinking and eating and breathing, all that stuff has always been grade A from... Tony Soprano. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And because it's like the things you don't notice, uh, just the, the small moments, the small, like just normal moments. Uh, yeah. And Gandolfini, like, yeah, destroys it. Um, so, yeah, Chris shows up. He gets the news, kind of what he knew was going to happen, happened. Um, and I like that it's even like, I, it, not that it's like a weird vibe between them, but I guess Chris in a weird way kind of sees like, oh yeah, nice, sweet. And it's like, you're just like a lonely, <laughs> lonely poor guy. I have a good one. Yeah, I'll, I'll take your, but, uh, your Toblerone. Right. But it's Billy, uh, Philly is fine. It's oh, Billy yes. Leotardo, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Frank Vincent, who plays Phil Leotardo, I guess he just got winged. But is is I guess Billy was his son. Is that what they were saying? Now we do have to throw this. This does this counts then, even though we don't see oh. the body yet. We do have to throw this up on the old counter, right? Hell yeah, it's in yeah. the dream. Like, and now it's well, he did. Yeah, it counts. We can. I assume it's that uh, kid from when he when he actually killed Angelo. I don't know. It counts. I'll count this one. We gotta. Well, it's funny. Um, because I'm looking up the character right now, and yeah, I I I would if you. Gun to my head, and you were like, oh, what was the first episode that Billy Leotardo showed up? I'd be like, oh, he, they just put him in this episode to kill him later. But no, he's been one, two, three, four, five episodes <laughs> before this. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he is the guy who was always following around, you know, uh, Phil, then I know who it is. But uh, yes, and it is. I, I think I Googled it. It's that guy who was also. Yeah. Okay. It? And it's, it's Phil's uh, younger brother. Okay. Okay. So he's 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 dead and gone. And yeah, like you said, he's in a lot of episodes. Definitely counts. Let's put it on the board. Yeah, put it up on the board. Let me pull up my counter. Let me pull up my thing here. Got so now we're at the fifty mark. Hell yeah, we're up to fifty deaths now. Yeah, uh, the walkouts. We're gonna need more therapy scenes yeah. in this final season <laughs> if things are gonna balance out even a little. I know it's not a competition, but still, fifty deaths. Which, for a show where we say, like, there's not a lot of mob violence in this. Like, we're on season five. There's been 50 deaths. It's, like, almost one per episode. Like, uh, yeah. still still yeah. a fair bit of death. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of violence, too. Um, yeah, and even when there's not death or violence, like you said, the show is so much about death and him being haunted by the people who are dead around him and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I love the shots of Central Park, and we see it again real quick, but now at nighttime... Uh, or like I guess uh, right before dawn, um, and yeah, it just kind of like uh, it. It still seems dreamlike. It seems a little weird. And as we already mentioned, I, I do think it's a very sweet, nice moment. They're both well. Tony's not quite half asleep, but Carmilla's half asleep, and they're just kind of on the phone, BSing. Uh, talk, like because you would almost expect when Tony says like you know I'm looking at Central Park right now. From what I know of, like the what we've seen usually of the Carmela Tony scenes, it's always like them going at each other, and it's, I, yeah. you almost want to be like, uh, which one of your whores did you bring to the Plaza Hotel or something like that? But 
No, it's like kept as almost like a, it's a sweet moment and she's kind of there for him here uh, as he's dealing with all this shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was like thinking like they never even got to go on. Well, maybe he, he's always trying to bring her on holidays and vacations to make up for stuff and they never ended up going, but it would still, I still felt that she would have been like, oh, you're in the plaza now and you can't pay my uh, gas bill or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so they, they, like you said, they do get to keep it as a sort of sweet moment there. Um, Well, he's just talking about his dream and he asks who she ate with when she went to Artie's restaurant. Sounds like maybe he's a little bit like checking up on her. He doesn't want her to see anyone else, certainly. Um, and he can hear the dog, and it's just one of those moments. Yes. Yep. And then it, it, it uh, speaking of cut to black, it cuts to black, and but the dialogue uh, plays over the black screen yeah. as they're still kind of talking. Like, is it light where you are yet? Um, and I guess. You know, I well from what they're talking about in Soprano sessions, it's almost like when you're falling asleep but still, I don't know, listening or talking or something like maybe that's Carmilla falling asleep. Who knows? Either way, I think it's kind of a nice choice. Uh, actually, coming off of two because the previous episode did a different thing kind of with the credits as well as we talked about. That had the credits play over like the actual scene as Tony's walking down the street. Uh, yeah. This one had just the dialogue go over a black screen before going into the credits. Yeah, I also like that moment um, because of the whole dreamlike nature, obviously, of the whole episode. It's a nice way to wrap it up, especially him like repeating a line he already asked earlier if it's light where you are, which is like he... It's the same time zone. Like you yeah. do that when you're in different time zones, Tony. <laughs> yeah. But it's like New York is a different world. He's also higher up, so it's gonna get lighter sooner there, right? That's how that works, I think. Yeah, I'd say so. so. But it, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice moment. So overall, you know, uh, when we headed into the dream, I was like, ah, oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> but there were moments that were really great, and certainly sort of weighed. Uh, like made up for any of the the slack in certain scenes, I feel, because there were some really great moments inside the dream sequence. I would also say if we had this episode, I don't know, it's episode five or whatever, and it was just this and we we're just exploring his psyche, that wouldn't be as interesting. Weirdly, the fact that this stuff is happening off screen sort of lends credence to what's going on here, if that makes sense. Like, mm. because the plot of the season has not been the fastest ever, but now shit is, like, actually, we know stuff is happening, so we sort of ha- have the same anxiety as Tony of being locked in this dream and stuff's going on and we're not allowed to see it and he's not allowed to control it. Um, so it is, I think, I mean, if it was the last episode of the season, Buffy style, I don't <laughs> think that would have worked either. Yeah. But based on the placement... I know stuff's going to happen in the next uh, two episodes, the final two episodes that are big. I have honestly got very little clue of what. Um, I feel like, I mean, Tony Eggs, it feels like he's obviously in hot water. As Tony says here, because uh, Christopher's like, I guess TB's fucked. And he's like, we're all fucked. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. this is like, it, shit's fucked now. Shit's going to be fucked. And I look forward to seeing how fucked shit's going to be these next two episodes. Yes, yeah. I mean... I, I, I completely agree. It is like it's the perfect placement for something like this, but also it's like a weird, ballsy, interesting placement because like we kind of talked about at the beginning, like shit is happening, 
But David Chase wants to be like, yeah, shit's happening over there, but I want you to focus right here in this little piece of the <laughs> piece of the frame while all this other shit's going on over here. Uh, so, yeah. but that's what I love about the Sopranos. And yes, two episodes to go in the season, and then uh, uh, entering the final season. Very true. Uh, now, so if you want to share your thoughts on season five, do send them to shows what you know show at gmail.com. That's where you can reach us. Once again, that's shows what you know show at gmail.com. You can also search for shows what you know on uh, iTunes and leave us a review or cut to black on iTunes and leave us a review. Either one would be very much appreciated. We also have a whole host of other shows at shows what you know.com. It's all pretty, very predictable at this point. It's all shows what you know everywhere, except yes. Twitter, where we're shows what you know with the letter U uh, <laughs> instead of the word U, just as kind of confuse everyone and not make you follow us on twitter but i mean you can if you really want to yeah blame twitter though it was like a character limit i know (laughs) we don't like character limits we like talking a lot about this stuff and i actually had a flash in this episode of why or i mean while we were discussing it just now i just imagined david chase and what he would think of you and me jim (laughs) and i felt a little ashamed (laughs) (laughs) do you think of us i don't think you would like enjoy us sitting here and talking about his show Yeah, but hey, uh, hopefully you enjoy it, dear listener, and you can find more on our website. Yes, and there's just one thing left to say. What's that, Jim? Cut to black. Is it light where you are yet? <laughs>